Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, we are into this um, new series called Expand, and I want to let you know real quick where this comes from. Um, When we do series, it's just not like picking a topic out of a hat. Uh, We spend some time praying about it and really asking the Lord to speak to us, especially at the beginning of the year, 2019. I started in December and I really was pressing and saying, God, what do you have for this church this year? The reality is, is I look at my role as your pastor, as a steward of what God is wanting to do in and through us. And so it's my job to hear God and then to say, all right, how do I lead Um, the church in a way that is in keeping with alignment to what God is wanting to lead in us. And so I really felt like the Lord was telling us that that there's so many people who need Jesus Christ, and we have been, had the privilege over the last, at least four years of myself being in this role of seeing God do an incredible thing through us. And, uh, but we realize that there's so many more people who need the hope of Jesus Christ that we have to make more room for them. And it's uncomfortable, especially when we go to two services, it's going to feel empty. um, And it's going to be like, oh, I'm missing everybody. Why did we have to do this? But if you understand that it's it's God who's initiating it, and um, and he still starts to align the purpose behind it, then I think our hearts can get around this. And so my message today is really helping us to understand that these empty seats represent people that need Jesus. And so I want you to turn to your Bibles to Isaiah 54. Now, Isaiah, we already were, we were in Isaiah earlier from our communion talk, and I think Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, really could have been in the New Testament, even though it was written 800 years before Jesus came to earth um, by this guy, this prophet named Isaiah. It was, it's so prophetic. In other words, it foretold all these things about who Jesus is. And so when we read it, We're really talking about Jesus, even though it was written 800 years before Jesus. But in Isaiah 54, by the way, um, you can go to uh, the Bible app in our app, if you just go down to those little dots on the bottom of the uh, Grace Capital Church app, and you can find the Bible reading there. You can look up Isaiah 54. This is what it says, Isaiah 54, starting in verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent and let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will uh, will possess the nations and the people of the desolate cities. So here, what it is, is God was starting to speak to us about um, expanding this word enlarge, enlarge the places of your tent. So if you were thinking about, hey, you want to have a party and you want to invite everybody over, but all you have is a little, you know, 10 by 10, easy up tent. How many people could you probably get underneath there if it starts to rain? Maybe 20 people if you really, he's saying, no, no, no. I want you to invite more people, which means your tent has to get bigger. And for us, we can't blow out walls right yet. So for us, we need to then find solutions to allow more space and more room. And so we're going to two services on Sunday. We still, by the way, have a Thursday night service at 6.30 if you can't make it to a weekend service. 
But here it is, um, prophetically speaking, Isaiah speaking to this idea that there should be more room, always more room, to add people to the family of God. And it's hard sometimes when we, get, when we come to the family and when we understand what it's like, the benefits of being part of the family, which, by the way, yesterday we did the memorial service for Ron uh, Miskovich, and uh, if you know him, he always sat right over there, and um, he passed away a couple weeks ago. And it was so beautiful to see how the church came around and really ministered to that family, and it was just beautiful. I walked away so encouraged of saying, this is what the family of God is all about. People caring for each other, people making meals, people setting up, people tearing down, people loving on people, people praying for people. And it's like, wow, this is the family of God. And, and we get to experience it, but what about all those people that don't know Jesus who do not have a spiritual family to call home? So my question is, you know, the seat beside you, if you just take a moment and look at a seat beside you, if it's full, that's fine, great, but just let your eyes gaze to an empty seat somewhere in front of you, behind you, and I want you to think who should be sitting in that seat. The other thing is I want you to ask the question is how does that person get there? I think we just think that, well, we open up our doors on Sunday. Shouldn't they just kind of start strolling in? Well, they do. I've heard stories of God just miraculously bringing people. But the reality is, more times than not, people come to church because they were invited. People come to a relationship with Jesus because somebody shared Jesus with them. All right, I like that. Does anybody else want to say all right? right. Yes, all right. Good. So the question I have is, we have this little saying around here, you know, are you in the row, the circle, and the seat? The row is this, what you see here on Sunday morning or a Thursday. It's our large group gathering, our celebration service. The circle is your small group experience. I believe that you can't grow to your best potential if you're not in a small group. I encourage every single person to be in a small group. And then your seat is your own, your own seat, your own personal devotional time with Jesus. And I really say, if we could do those three things well, if we can be consistent every week that we're in the row, we're in the circle, and then we're in the seat, hopefully more daily than once a week for your own devotional time, we will see that our lives will begin to prosper, that our joy, our peace will increase. But the question is, are you making room in your row Are you making room in your circle? Are you making room in your seat? Now, the room in your seat, your own personal devotion time, I would say, are you making room for the Holy Spirit to come and minister to you and and speak to you? Because if we don't have the Holy Spirit with us and in us and developed in us, we're not going to be very effective of making room in our row and our circle. We need the Holy Spirit. And when I say making room, you're going to look around the room, especially when you go to services, and it's like, there's plenty of room. Right, okay, but are you uncomfortable about that and are you willing to do something about it is the question. Well, I think if you travel down Isaiah a little bit further and and I would encourage you, spend some time, just open up the book of Isaiah. It's a pretty big book, the writings of Isaiah. And and, it's fascinating though, but in Isaiah 55, 
There's another scripture that talks about this, and, and I like it because it so lines up to another New Testament story about Jesus and the woman at the well. But in Isaiah 55, it says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And your labor for which does not satisfy, listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food, incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live. Okay, so these are some analogies of what, um, some imagery, I should say, these words. But if you were to look at that last line, it really is what he's talking about, that your soul Remember, we're made of body, soul, spirit, that your soul may live. The reality is that's where you find your joy, your peace, your patience, your kinds of fruits of the spirit gets resided in the spirit of God works with your spirit in your soul. And these are the things that come to life. Now, the imagery here, which is, I think, the paradox of this verse is talking about come and buy with no money. How many people have bought something with no money? I don't know how many people have, but I, I don't recall buying something with money because we always expect if we're going to buy something, it's going to take something of money. But he says, buy, he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk. Now, that's interesting. The wine here and the milk and then the bread are all symbolic words of uh, what the scripture keeps talking about. The wine represents the, uh, the Holy Spirit. The, uh, especially the joy of the Holy Spirit in this verse, the wine. It's where you're going to find the fruits of the Spirit, like joy, my word, how many people need joy today? Peace, we live in an unpeaceful time. But you have met somebody that just has this confidence, this peace, this steadfast that passes understanding. Where does that come from? They don't muster it up. It comes from the Lord. It comes from the Holy Spirit. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all these things that this world is lacking that is a gift to us that we get to purchase without price. Does that sound familiar? Who purchased the ultimate? We did it at communion today, which was so beautiful. Jesus Christ purchased all of this for us. He bore the cost that it becomes a free gift to us. Come buy wine. And milk, milk represents the nurturing. Think of a little baby that was just born, like in the Strikard's home, nursing off of mother's milk. This nurturing, this, this intimacy, this closeness. And this is what milk in this scripture represents, this comfort that the Lord gives, this nurturing that our Father in heaven gives us. And it's available to us without cost to us. But then he says in verse 2, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And bread here represents the the word of God. Why do you spend money on all the things that are not going to satisfy you? And, And is that not the mark of the world today, right? Buy, spend, do, go there, you know, thinking that we're gonna somehow get satisfied. The right job, the right spouse, the right car, the right 
It just feels right, but then it feels so wrong because it never satisfies. And he's saying, why do you spend all this energy and work and labor and expense? But he says, listen, delight to me. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food, incline your ear and come to me. Now, here's a problem though. I love this verse because it says come. It's the invitation, come. Come, everyone who thirsts. By the way, that's scripture, right? When the woman at the well, who was a Samaritan, Jesus was a Jew, they have this meeting, middle of the day, They shouldn't have been talking, but Jesus didn't care about that kind of stuff. And he asked for water, and then this whole exchange is like, well, actually, it's you're not thirsting after the right thing. I'm not talking about actual physical water. I'm talking about the thing that will quench your thirst of your soul. And then Jesus gives her the real living water, and she went away and and realized that the life that she was living very worldly that was not satisfying, that she was chasing after satisfaction. She found it in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. But the problem with the world today is they can't hear the voice of Jesus. So it's great to say, come everyone who thirsts, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. It sounds great. I can tell you that till I'm blue in the face. Come, come, come. You, I can tell you that. But for the world who is just trying to get through life, that they're trying to chase after the things that will satisfy, they, their ears are blocked to the voice of Jesus. It's not that Jesus is not working. I truly believe that Jesus is working on every heart in the world today. But the challenge is, is they cannot hear him because of the noise and of the despair, and of the hopelessness that rings in their ears. And there needs to be a voice of hope that people can hear, and guess where that comes from? It comes from people like you and I, who are carriers of Jesus, and our invitation allows them to hear the invitation of the Lord. It's like, oh, Pastor Mark, are you really putting this on us? And I say, yes, I am. Because I don't believe that somebody's just going to show up, randomly do. Statistics will tell us people will show up in these seats if they've gone through a major crisis in life, a divorce, a death, um, something major. They will, they will tend to look to a place where they only know to find peace, and it's the church. The other thing is somebody moves to town. They will show up at a church. If they come from another great church, they're looking for another great church, and they might show up here. But... If you were to look at all the people in the town of Pembroke, all the people in the town of Concord, all the people in the town of wherever your town is, I, I can almost guarantee you that they're not waking up Sunday mornings like, oh, should I go to church today or not? They're not even aware of it. They're not even thinking of it. They're not even listening to the still small voice because they can't Hear, because the world has crowded out their hearing to be able to hear the voice of God, but yet on the inside they're dying looking for something of hope that their soul can actually won't thirst anymore. 
And I believe the only obstacle from people experiencing this fullness and this richness that God wants to give, the only obstacle, I believe, is our invitation. Okay, that might have been a little bit hard. It might not be the only obstacle. It is an obstacle, though, because I believe that once we get found, we get very happy that we are part of a family that, and our soul is satisfied, that we experience joy, that we experience peace, and we're all set. And then all of a sudden, we realize that we are a happy family contained, and the Lord is trying to shake us up, and he says, expand your tent. Make a bigger place for more people. Well, if he's telling us that, and then, then how are those people going to come? Because statistically, unless God supernaturally, which he can, bring people just out of random chance to come in, for people to experience the life of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to take people like you and me to say, it's my responsibility to see that seat be filled with somebody who needs to know Jesus. You know, I was thinking about that a little bit and knowing I was going to speak this message to you, it's like, I will almost feel like I've done my job, I've spoken this message, but guess what? This message is to me too. So what am I doing? What, what obligation do I have? You see, the come is an invitation, it's not just an obligation. And no, the Lord Jesus doesn't obligate us. He always invites us to say, would you participate in what I'm doing? Would you participate? You see, we are the mouthpiece of Jesus in a world that cannot hear his voice. His invitation to this world needs to be heard by an invitation from you and me. It's quite simple. It, this is all you have to do to your family member, to your coworker, to a friend. Have you ever thought of going to church? Now, going to church, we know, is not going to change somebody's life, right? Jesus is going to change somebody's life. But the best chance of them hearing Jesus is probably going to church. Now, I had hoped that you can share Jesus without going to church, but you know what? I do believe that he invites us into a family not just into a one-on-one -on -one relationship with a person. He invites us to a family. So the question is, have you ever thought of going to church? Here we go, here's the invitation. Would you come and be my guest? By the way, in February, we're gonna have a friend Sunday and uh, an opportunity to just be diligent for one Sunday to say, invite your friends and family. Or, you know, because it's not just inviting to a seat here, it's inviting them to your life group, inviting them into your smaller circle, a sphere of influence, smaller circle of being around others where Jesus is the center. Hey, have you ever tried out a life group? Hey, come join me. Come to my group. Or, hey, have you ever been on a volunteer team? Have you never done that before? Hey, Join my team. It's a lot of fun. You see, I think we think about this invite as just the people in the world, but I also think it's the people in here too that are not yet fully a part of a family. When I saw what took place yesterday at Ron's memorial service, I realized for all the people are missing out on this family that God is orchestrating together. 
It made my heart just long to maybe even have a little bit more boldness to say, guys, we can do this. We can do this. Because there's so many people who want to belong, there's so many people who want to have their soul filled with something other than what they're chasing and chasing and chasing that never fills their soul. This last line on Isaiah 55, incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live. I would say that is for each one of us that we would leave here today and say this. I'm going to be intentional to make an invite so somebody can hear the invitation. And the reality is it's actually Jesus inside of you that's inviting somebody. And so they can at least hear the invitation that their soul may find joy They might find that wine and that milk and that bread, the thing that will satisfy. Would you stand with me? My call to action is this. Is this week, who are you going to invite into your row, your circle, and your seat? If you have an empty chair in front of you, Would you mind just laying a hand on that chair? If you have, yeah, I guess it's going to be in front of you. There's no other chairs in front of the first row. I guess that makes sense. Sorry, I just had a conversation with you in my head out loud. My apologies. (laughs) Because in five weeks from now, what you experience right here will be half of the people in this room at this given time. Which means there's going to be so many more empty seats, which is a good thing. But I do believe that those empty seats are gonna be filled by people like you and I who are going to speak the words of Jesus to people and all it is the words are come, come. Let me talk to you about this water that will satisfy you, that will address the thirsting soul that you have. So if you're there and you've got an empty seat in front of you, just pray over that as I close this out in prayer. Father, I thank you for this time this morning. I thank you for your word of encouragement for us for 2019, that you're telling us that you want this family to grow, that you want our, our tent to get larger. Why? So people who don't know you can find the hope that is in you, Lord Jesus that the thirst in the souls of people who are longing to find something that would satisfy their soul would begin to hear the voice of Jesus through everyday people, men, women, children, who are followers of Jesus, who have Jesus dwelling inside them, who will be the voice for Jesus to say, come. Lord Jesus, I pray for those empty seats that we begin to visualize who it is that, Lord, you're asking me to invite them to come 
experience the goodness of you, Lord. In this moment, if there's anybody here who came here, you know, it's great to talk about Jesus, great to talk about this this Jesus who satisfies the deepest longings of our soul. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus, I want to make sure you know him so you can thirst no longer. If this is you and you want to know Jesus, I want to just take a moment and pray a simple prayer for you right here, right now. I'm not going to ask anything of you except just to raise your hand. If you would like to know Jesus, that you want your soul to no longer thirst, would you slip up your hand? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Just make sure I see you because I just want to acknowledge Anybody else? Say, I I want this, Jesus. I don't want to thirst any longer. I want my soul to be satisfied. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you for those who raised their hand this morning. They can say a simple prayer like this. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Thank you for going to the cross for my sins that separated me from my Father in heaven. I repent. I'm sorry, Lord, for trying to live my own life, my own way. Jesus, I want to follow you. Come into my life. Thank you, Jesus, for conquering death to know that I might have life and life everlasting with you, Lord Jesus, that I do not need to be separated from my Father in heaven. Today is the day. It's my spiritual birthday where I become a new creation and all of heaven rejoices. All of heaven rejoices. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this church body who's willing to get uncomfortable to serve, who's willing to get uncomfortable to give up another night to come out to team night on Monday night, tomorrow night. Father, this church is going to be uncomfortable to change their times of service to realize that they're going to feel different. But yet, Lord, we're doing it because, Jesus, you have more that you want to add to your family to give them hope give them life, to give them joy, to give them freedom. And everybody said, amen. If I can have the prayer team to come up at this time, I just want to make sure that they're here so you can see who would be love to pray with people. If you need prayer, if you're here this morning, you say, I just need a touch. I need somebody to just uh, pray with me. Healing for sickness. If you've got you're struggling with depression, oppression, if you just need an encouraging word, we've got people who would love to pray with you. Have a great week. We'll see you either, well, we'll see you tomorrow night is when we'll see you. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 